What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, and you guys have been fiending for some more Jackson State interviews, and I have the one of the faces of the new offensive line. I know a lot of people are excited to see what he has on campus, a former all-district all selection out of the state of Louisiana as a senior in high school, former ULM offensive lineman. Zach Bro is with us today. Zach, I appreciate you joining me. Man, thank you for having me on the show, man. It's good to be with y'all. Absolutely, man. So let's let's go way back, man. I know you spent a lot of time at ULM. You're now at Jackson State, but let's go back to high school, man. All district selection of at the 5A level in the state of Louisiana. Which teams were recruiting you the hardest out of high school, and what was that experience like for you? Well, uh, out of high school, I was a guard. So uh, I was mainly a guard. I was kind of a different kind of player. I was like 330. At one point, I had got real big, got up to like 340s, 350s, but I was like a power, like a big guard, you know, used to pulling and stuff. So, like, as we got into the modern era, like, teams started to look for those smaller, faster offensive linemen that could pass block. So, like, high school recruited for me, it wasn't really many schools. Uh, some schools in the swag did. Jackson State did offer me out of high school. Uh, ULM, uh, Southern Miss were the two FBS offers I had. And I had looks from some other schools like Tulane and Lafayette and stuff, but uh, – Really, ULM was the only school around when it got towards the end of my um, recruiting process. So that's what I stuck with, you know, and it was it was a pretty good, you know, decision, I think. Absolutely, man. So you spend multiple years at ULM. You decide to leave, though, this past season. So what were some of the factors that led you to that decision to transfer from ULM? Well, uh, when I got to ULM, I was a guard at first. And then um, as I lost weight and became a better player, I asked my coach, could I try out center? And so I started playing center and I was a backup and then eventually came into the starting role, you know, 2020 year. And, uh, you know, I kind of developed into that position and, you know, it's something I started in uh, college. So uh, it's really been a good journey to see myself develop as a center. But uh, what made me end up leaving ULM is just, you know, I'm graduating. Uh, I've been here four years. You know, I got love for all the coaches and the program and stuff. But, you know, I just thought it was time for, you know, new scenery somewhere that I can really play uh, under a big fan base and uh, some good coaches, you know, and get exposed because although I I started, you know, in the 2020 season, 2021, I had zero offensive snaps. So I, you know, I saw that as a sign, you know, it's time to go and get somewhere where I'm needed, you know, and want it and I can make an impact. I like it, man. And so you mentioned you lose a bunch of weight, you switch positions, but outside of that, what were the biggest differences between your transfer portal recruiting process and your high school recruiting process? Oh, uh, well, it's crazy, man, because with the portal, it's going to make recruiting so different, even for like a guy like me in high school. If I was in high school now, nah, I might have not got any offers just because of how the portal is right now. So I think what the portal is doing is like, a lot of people kind of don't like it because they feel like players can jump here and there. But I feel like, you know, coaches are able to go to rival schools, in-conference schools, high school, college, pro level while coaching. So I think, you know, when, when it, once your coach leaves your program, I think as a player, you got to have another option than just staying where you're at because you, it's no telling, you know, that coach didn't recruit you. The new coach doesn't know you, you know, so like you might be a good player and he might want to keep you. You know, if there's no use for you and you don't fit into the scheme, you know, they might not. So I like the portal. I like where it's at. I think it's good that it gives players freedom, you know, to explore their options, you know, and that they don't just have to stay anywhere when they're not in a good situation, you know. But um, the biggest difference was, honestly, I feel like I got more. My high school recruiting was 
here and there. I got six offers over the span of a year and a half. But I mean, in the portal, obviously, you know, you get 10, 12 offers within a few days and a few weeks. So it's a little different, definitely. And like I had more film, you know, I had college game film. So, you know, coaches can it's not like guessing what a high school kid can do is them seeing what you can do already, you know, on that college level. Oh, man, I like it, and I agree with you completely. I mean, if coaches can get up and leave in the middle of the season like a Lincoln Riley did this year, there's no reason the players shouldn't be able to, you know, have the freedom to do the same if it if it betters them. So I, I like that you, you know, went on that went on that side of it as well. But we got to get to the decision why everybody's tuned in today, man. What was it about Jackson State that, that led you to want to end your career there? Well, first, uh, Jackson State, I mean, right now, what Coach Prime is doing with the program, it's like, if you get a Jackson State offer, I'm not gonna say it's like getting a Power Five offer, but you're getting, you're getting a premier offer. Like if you see Jackson State on somebody's Twitter, you know they're getting, you know that's like a big deal. So first of all, like just you know being a part of something that's big, you know like he's putting the light on HBCUs, you know on some of the good things and the bad things, you know. Uh, he's showing that there is talent on our level, you know a lot of great talent. Uh, he's trying to showcase that talent, so that's one thing, you know. I wanted that's one reason I chose Jackson. And uh also I I, I kind of lean towards uh HBCU for my um second degree just because of my dad. He uh he's a doctor and he got his second degree from an HBCU after attending a PWI. So I kind of wanted to follow his footsteps. So once I kind of narrowed down that I wanted to play in the SWAC, what made me choose Jackson is just the immediate opportunity to win a championship, the exposure, the community, the culture, and the coaches around the play, you know, the coaches that's around, you know. But then uh, also Coach Prime, I mean, like that's my football idol too. But when I made the decision, I had to take that out because I think Coach Prime the best player to ever touch the field, you know, in my opinion. Everybody got their own opinion, you know. But So I had to really take that out when I was making this choice. I, I had to make sure, like, I'm not just making it because I'm about to go play for my idol. It's because the fit is right, the coaches are right, everything around is right. So, yeah. Man, that's a great answer. There's going to be a lot of Jackson State fans that are going to get real pumped up about that answer too, man. But not only Coach Prom, the coaching staff has a lot of great coaches on it as well. Yeah. Which which coaches from the staff were recruiting you the hardest from the portal? Uh, definitely Coach Markinson, the O line coach. Uh, he came. You know, I I was able to meet him. You know, a couple times, and you know, like during the recruiting process and stuff. And then he was really excited about me because. I don't like how how I went. I kind of got in contact with like a DB coach or something. I think at first, and then I kind of like sent my highlight tape, and then you know they it kind of went like that. And then he was just on the uh, road one day and was able to see me right quick. And ever since then, you know, Coach Markinson definitely kept up real good. I mean, I had a coach from ULM that's also there now. So uh, when I got there, it was good to you know see an old face too, and you know, I I mean absolutely. And speaking of an old face, man. That I mean that, that Jackson State robbed ULM of like all their offensive linemen. Man, how much did your former teammate Evan Henry play a role in your decision to come and play together one more time in Jackson State? Hey, hey that's a good question, man. Evan, my boy, that's my dog, man. You know, uh, we were at ULM together. We started next to each other, so uh, that's a guy. You know, that's my guy. So when he got the when he entered the portal, he did in the middle of the season. So I was still, you know, practicing, still doing everything. And so I was like, man, do I want to enter the portal? And I'm like, man, if I do, I definitely want to go to Jackson. But honestly, I thought there wasn't going to be any spots left for linemen by the time I entered. You know, so I was like, man, if it happened, great. But it probably won't. Like, that's how I thought of it. So once I got the offer, it was like, 
it was kind of almost no question. And then once everything on a visit checked out and, you know, I got to meet the coaches and know the O-line coach, you know, it was good. But, yeah, Evan, he recruited me a little bit, you know. But he still let me make my choice, though, you know. That I, That's awesome, man. And, you know, the, the where I wanted to take that was, and I've, I've had a few alumni on the show, and I played O-line in high school, so I, I'm, I'm a big O-line guy. So that anyone, any of the SWAC fans that watch, anytime an O-lineman commits, they call me or, like, Blue, you got to you got to look at the film. You got to look at the film. But chemistry is what I talk about all the time on the show for offensive line. You can be the biggest, you can have the strongest, a bunch of five stars. But if they don't play well together, your offensive line is going to be atrocious. Yeah. So, with you and Evan having some history, what is y'all's relationship like with the other guys who you guys might play with? And and just kind of speak to how important is chemistry on the offensive line throughout the season? Uh, bro, chemistry is everything. Like chemistry is everything, and like um. The one thing I've seen, like, you can stick five great players in there, but if they ain't practiced together, played together, and they don't know how to communicate, they're going to go out there and it's going to be missed calls. It's going to be miscommunications, you know, quarterback getting hit and stuff. So chemistry is everything. That's the biggest part of O-line. And I play center, so, you know, I'm kind of the person that's trying to keep that chemistry in order, you know, keep it going. And I feel like, you know, as O-lines get better, if you watch the good O-lines throughout the season, the chemistry gets better and better and better and better. And as the season goes on, you know, you got guys making advanced calls and picking up blitzes and stuff, you know, with no problem because it's a chemistry thing. And you know what the guy next to you is going to do, you know, his tendencies, you know. So, I mean, playing next to Evan, but me and his chemistry, I know that Evan, like, if I'm with him on the double team, I know it's going to be no problem. You know what I mean? Like, I know I know he's going to handle his business. Like, and that's how it is. It's also trusting your brother next to you and knowing, you know, that they're going to handle their job. And that's the biggest part of chemistry at the end of the day. You know, once practice over with, you got to get on the field. You got to trust the man next to you and you got to ride. But yeah, that's uh, just the guys that's there already. I know it's a lot of different guys. So I'm sure, you know, once I get there, that's going to be at the forefront is getting whatever group we do have, whoever is the starters at whatever positioning, finding that chemistry, you know, so we can rock the program. I mean, building off that, how excited are you for that position battle? Because really and truly, you know, Tony Gray's coming back at one of the tackle spots, but there's there's a bunch of you guys coming in fighting for, you know, the other four spots. For you, how excited are you to get into Jackson and fight for fight for one of those four positions, man, come, come next fall? I mean, I'm very excited, just blessed for the opportunity, really. Thank God for it, but... Um... I mean, competition is what fuels me. The year I started, I was in competition with a fifth-year grad transfer senior, and I won. Uh, that's how I got my starting spot in the 2020 year. So, I mean, I'm used to competition. I, I thrive off of it. You know, I feel like it fuels you to be better because when you know you got somebody behind you that's good, you can't get complacent. And you know, think the coach is just gonna put up with anything. You know, you got to bring it every day. So, I think all competition is gonna do is drive the O line room and make everybody even better. You know what I mean? That's all it's about. You know, you can't. And that's the thing about coming to Jackson. Like, you know, some people were telling me like, oh, you know, they got a lot of guys, this and that. But I'm not the type to shy away from competition. You know, if I'm going to go against the if I got to beat out the best to get in the game, I want to beat out the best. And I want to go against the best at practice, too. You know, so I knew it was places I could go in and and like I mean, nobody can give you a starting job. But I knew it was certain places I could go and I'm getting plugged right in. No question. But you know what I'm saying? Competition is, you know, the greatest builder of character you know so 
I like it, man. And hey, I, I've already put my vote out there. I said you and Evan are both starting next year. So I put my chips in y'all's basket already on my show, man, doing the Jackson State recruiting update. So I, I got I got big confidence in you guys, man. But last question before we get into getting to know you as a player, man, because I know that's a big thing fans want to do. But the last question here is, how much did the SWAC movement this offseason also influence your decision to come to Jackson State or an HBCU? Man, if it influenced it tremendously. I mean, like I said, once I, I mean, I grew up in New Orleans. So, um, you know, we would buy you, my family all went to Southern Baton Rouge, Southern New Orleans. Uh, so we would buy you classic people, you know, I'm a Bayou classic. We went every year, you know, that was something we did as a family. So I was always inter- exposed to swag football. You know, my dad tried to get me into it, but the movement that's going on now, I think it's probably one of the best things the swag has had going in a minute. And I think if it's something that could keep going, I think, man, like, this is probably the most even distribution of talent that the country's ever had. I mean, we even talk at FCS, just schools like Sam Houston, Nichols schools, like them getting people too. So, I mean, I think college football is in a really good place right now as far as the talent distribution right now. I feel like I feel like anybody right now, they can go to any city in the South and see some good football on a Saturday. You know what I mean? See some good players play, whether they go to a P5 game or FCS game. But, yeah, the swag movement is definitely um, – you know, it's good. I like where it's going. I think it's going to keep going. I think, you know, I see other schools in the SWAC building up their program, you know, load up and trying to beat Jackson State. So I think <laughs> I think Jackson State going to push, I mean, set the ceiling, though. I feel like we Ooh. set the ceiling last year. I feel like we're going to keep setting the ceiling for uh, SWAC programs. Uh, I love the confidence. I like that you mentioned the FCS, too. I mean, Campbell landed a four-star flip from Arkansas uh, yeah, two days it. ago as well. Had a crazy class. They were second to Jackson State yesterday. Never thought I would ever be yeah. saying that on a on a college football show that Campbell was setting the standard. Yeah, it, it's crazy. But I know you mentioned, you know, center. You know, you moved to center. You've played some guard. For you right now, is center the most? Is 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 center the position you feel most comfortable at right now? Yes, just because I've started six games there. Like, you know, I know how it is to go in a game, you know, snap the ball, make the calls, ID the front, all that stuff. So, yes, I'm comfortable at center, but I played all interior three. Uh, you know, I was a right guard all my time. So I'm I'm comfortable at any interior three position. Uh, center is probably – I say center is the easiest position on the O-line. I tell people that mm-hmm. all the time. I think because, you know, you're not on the island. You got all this help. You got these people next to you, you know. I mean, the only thing is you got to have that snap consistent. And, I mean, the calls make themselves. You you run about five plays a game. The defense run about five d- plays a game. It's not going – you're not making 50 and 60 different calls. So, you once you get your rules down, Pat, I think center is the easiest to play. Oh, man. You see, we got different perspectives. I was a tackle, so I always looked at the center like, man, you got to snap it. You got to keep your head up and find it. I always man, don't tackle. Out there at tackle, That's y'all. That's y'all true. See, I, I thought the guard. I thought the guard had the easiest job, in my opinion. I was like, center's got to snap. We got to pick nah, up the guard. DB. Guard, you get messed up sometimes because attacking not doing the job. <laughs> that's true. And that's that chemistry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. But for you, let's get to know you a bit as a player. Who is the NFL player that you think you model your game after the most? Man, and it's hard because I feel like I'm I feel like I'm different. I'm I'm like I play. I started off playing guard. I play center now, but I have like a tackle's wingspan. Like I got measured, 
uh, when the NFL came to ULM a couple years ago, and I had a six eleven wingspan. Oof. So like, I don't know, and I don't like. I haven't done enough research to say I know what centers or what players in the league have long arms and like play based off that ability. I don't know, but my favorite centers, I just say the Pouncey brothers. You know, uh, I love Eric McCoy for the Saints. I love seeing him run downfield and make blocks. Uh, Kelsey with the Eagles, Jason Kelsey definitely. But I, growing up, I looked at a lot of left tackles like um, Willie Rofe. My dad, um, he a big Saints fan, so Willie Rofe was definitely like – my dad always used to say, go look at Willie Rofe on YouTube. Like, Dad, they don't have no Willie Rofe videos on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, yeah, um, people like that, left tackles, um, those guys, Tyron Smith, Trent Williams going crazy right now. You know, people like – I look up to all of those guys. I take – I try to take something great from every player, even if it's small. I'm trying to – take something from them you know oh man i I like it you see said man there's no highlights from back in the day on youtube man uh but for you you know i know when i was playing i was super super i i I was very superstitious i had to listen to a certain thing wear certain things but for you man what's your pregame routine on game days okay so i'm trying to let me let me go back in my mind and visualize i'm a visual thinker so like on a ulm game day Let's say we had a seven o'clock kickoff. So we would have like a breakfast early in the morning, you know, a little chill breakfast. You go to that and then we have walkthrough, uh, you know, walk through the plays and stuff, go over the looks, special teams and all that. And then after that, we have a break probably. So like a break for a little bit. So usually during my break, I try to watch some kind of football, you know, because it's Saturday. So I try to catch some early games, you know, get myself in that football mindset. You know, on a Saturday, I'm not going over the plays because by then I already know the plays. Like, you know, I'm knowing by game time. So, like, Saturday, I'll probably watch a little football. And then um, it'll be time to go back up to the stadium around, like, 3 or 4 o'clock. And then by that time, you got your pregame meal, which uh, at ULM, it was always the same. It was I always used to get the same thing. It would be chicken breast and spaghetti. So I'm kind of superstitious with that. I always eat fruit or something, uh, do the pregame meal, and then um, more time to chill just sitting there. Then we wait, we put on our suits, we go do our little Warhawk walk. And then after that, I mean, I'm the first person getting taped. I know that's something I always do. Like I, before I even take my suit pants off from the walk, I'm in there getting taped, uh, you know, so I get taped first, uh, you know, put my cleats on all that, go back and get spatted. And then once I'm spatted, I go out, I do my own stretches. I get a few snaps done. And then by that time, you know, you know how it works as a center. Well, if you play center on the college level, the centers go out first. So centers, quarterbacks, returners, usually the first ones out. So that's kind of how my game is. I, I try to sneak some music in here and there because I'm, like, moving because, you know, I'm getting taped. I'm going here and there. You know, I got to go out with centers to snap to the quarterbacks. Then we go back inside. So, But usually I try to sneak in some music, you know, listen to some young boys, some Boosie, some Webby, you know, get me hyped up, whatever. But I like it. I like you said. So I, I got to be first. So you got to tell those Jackson State guys, listen, there's a line behind me. I got to get tape first on Saturdays, man. For that tape table because it get packed. <laughs> get packed I, I understand, man. So without giving away all your secrets, what's the number one mistake a defensive lineman can make against you? The number one mistake? I give him a great. I give him a great try. Try like I, I'll give not even a great try. I'll give him if you get back if you back up off the ball. Just I'm trying to think. 
if you back off, back up off the ball, like if I was anybody going against me, I would tell them to crowd the hell out of the ball. That's what I would tell them. Cause I'm a big long center, you know? So like, I'm gonna have to move in a tighter space. That's what I would tell them to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, D lineman, like the good thing about playing center is, uh, here is I got a chance to be behind a really good center. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm just a learner. So like, I'm trying to think what, what is something that just really gets me, you know, at center? I mean, I mean, maybe like a linebacker, like, you know, blitzing and crossing my face or something the other way. And I got to hurry up and try to get back that way. But I mean, I, I would say the hardest D lineman to block, though, this is what I'll be honest to say. When I see a short, stocky dude that's about six, five, eleven from the ground, six foot, and he like 330. And like, I'm not talking about one of those lazy guys. I'm talking about one that can really hold his ground. That's the hardest guys to block in the first couple plays, but then you wear them down, you know, you wear them down and by drive three, they switching out. And um, so, I mean, I would say that those short stocky guys are always hard to play. Oh man. They, they always weigh like 300 pounds and you're like, man, this dude is just, uh, just, just a wall in the mm-hmm. middle, man. So it's, it's always those type of guys, man. But for you, I know I was really bad when I was playing, especially, uh, you know, the offensive line and defensive line are different because you're going up against the same guy, over and over and over and you're right in each other's face all game it gets a little heated so how big of a trash talker are you during the game i'm not i mean when you play in center you got to be locked in so like you can't like you barely have time to talk trash like me and evan tried it <laughs> already like it's hard. It's, it's hard i'm trying to he talking i'm trying to talk with him and talk you know what i'm saying but it don't work when you play in center you got to get to the ball you got to get lined up you got to make them calls if i'm taking time talking trash we losing valuable time off the clock we could be scoring, you know, or catching a defense off guard, lining up quick and running another play. So I don't – I try not to talk trash during the game. I mean, there's nothing somebody really can say to me to get uh, in my head because, you know, I know who I am, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can say something on the field, but it's football. We got helmets on. We got pads on protecting us. Like, nobody here is tough right now. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I've never been the type to trash talk, you know, but, yeah. But I, we, we didn't talk trash on the field, definitely me and Evan, uh, to other people. <laughs> hey, we, we got the dynamic Jackson State duo coming to town, man. I'm excited to see yeah. you and Evan's dynamic on the offensive line, man. But I think I know the answer to this based on earlier. But which SWAC team are you looking forward to playing this season? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Because uh, I feel like, man, it's so many big games. Like, you know, it's just the biggest thing. I'm Because coming from ULM, it's like you got UL as your rivalry game, and that's really it. You know, so like every game, like, I mean, Alcorn, that's a big game. Grambling, that's going to be a big game. I mean, even though we kicking it off of FAMU, week one is big. Like Southern is going to be big because I had a lot of family that went there, you know. So I say, I hope no, we're not going to go down to Baton Rouge this year because they went down last year. But yeah, or they got that Legion field contract anyway. But, man, I would really love to go down to Baton Rouge and be Southern, uh, you know, or even yeah, go down to Grambling and be Grambling too. But I'm probably going to be most excited for that Alcorn game, I think. You know, that's really what I'm looking forward to. That, that game looked like it was rocking last year. So I'm it, ready def- for it. it definitely was. And I, I got it on my checklist, man. So, the Southern game in Jackson and the Jackson game in Lorman against Alcorn are the two that I'm looking forward, looking forward to getting down there for, man. But, you know, looking at your goals for this season, man, what are some of your personal goals for the 2022 season? Um. Uh, 
for the 2022 season is just to be uh, – I want to be the most consistent player that I can be. I want my coaches and my teammates to be able to depend on me. You know, I want them to say, like, you know, when we guys act in the game, we don't have to worry about nothing, you know, as far as calls and, you know, getting the offense going and, you know, protecting Shadur and stuff. Um, I want to be the best center in the swag, you know. That's something I personally challenged myself to. You know, I, I never – only accolade I ever got was all state in high school. I never got all district or metro or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm not really accolade driven. I feel like you know it's more about who you impact and stuff than the accolades. But I want I want a first team all swag. You know, I want to be a first team all swag player. You know, I think I I got the ability, and you know, if I get coached right and I work as hard as I can, I think I can do that. But uh, first team all swag, be consistent, and win a swag championship. You know, and win a national championship too, which they missed out on at the end. And they were pretty close to, but that's my goals, man. I think being here, I, I know that can be be uh, be accomplished. You know? I like it, man. I like I like the ambition, man. But last question here, and I always like asking this question is the last one on all my interviews, man. But what keeps you motivated year in and year out, despite you know being now at Jackson, good probably you know fighting for that SWAT championship and everything that you're going to earn this year? What keeps you going day in and day out? Uh, that's family, man. Like, that's the only reason, you know, you do all of this stuff as a family, really family um, and finding my purpose. You know, that's really what drives me because, like, football is a young man's game. But, you know, one day it's going to be something that either I'm not going to be able to play, I'm not going to have the physical ability to play no more. So what keep me going and, like, what kept me motivated to come to Jackson State and finish out two more years is that you know, like it's not a it's not something that's always gonna be here. You know, I'm gonna be 21 years old only once in my life. I'm gonna have the chance to play football only one time in my life. So I'm gonna take advantage of the opportunity right now. But really, just yeah, family and just uh, using the blessings that God gave me. You know, I'm a big dude. I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna have years to be a big dude in the office or working somewhere. So right now, I want to be a big dude on the football field and move some bodies and stuff. You know, so I, I like it, man. Mm-hmm. I really do, but. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I know people are going to be very, very supportive of this. Really looking forward to what you do down there in Jackson, man. But this time is yours, man. Where can they find you on social media? Any shout-outs you want to give? Anything you want to plug, man? This time is yours. Oh, man, this is great. I mean, well, uh, just follow me on Instagram at ZLB underscore 77. But, I mean, other than that, bro, uh, I'm going to be posting stuff on there, man. Just the people I post, that's the people I like to promote. That's my friends who have various talents. One of my best friends is a photographer I played O-line with. I got a lot of friends that do clothes. So, you know, if you follow me on my page, just stick close to my page. I'm always promoting my friends, you know, and they always got good products and they got good business, you know, barbers, clothes, girls that do hair, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm always trying to promote people. So just stick to my social media, you know, you're going to see me there and we're going to be ready. Come on. Whenever we play fam, you. I like it, man. I like it, man. It's all the road to Miami, man. Good luck in spring ball. I'm definitely going to be keeping up with your journey through Jackson State this year, man. And we'll have to get you back on the show, man, after you guys are swag and celebrate hey, the world champs. That's what man. I was about to say. After we got the hey, interview set up, we're going to set the date after the swag oh. and celebration bowl, baby. All, all for sure, man. For sure, man. Anytime, anytime you want to come on, man, hit me up and we'll get you on here, man. But guys, go follow Zach on all social media, man. You know it's all about supporting the players, especially at the FCS level where so many athletes are overlooked, man. That's why we put on these interviews for the FCS. And also make sure to follow his journey, man, at Jackson State. I know you guys are going to be rowdy for him down there in the vet. But guys, for Zach, 
myself and the Blue Bloods. We are out for right now. All right.